0: facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is the Kale Clark show on Relevant Radio.
1: Hey, welcome to the program. I'm so happy that you're with me for this feast of all souls. It's Thursday, November the 2nd, 2023, and I'm so glad you're with me on the Kale Clark show. I've got some major news, a big announcement that I'm going to throw your way in just a second. I can't wait to share this with you, but First, I better give out the phone number, 888-914-9149. If you have a question, comment, to talk about purgatory, among other things, some other interesting developments in just a few minutes, 888-914-9149. You can also email the program. It's a great place to send show ideas, links to articles that you think I might have a take on. Become a shadow producer. Send me an email, kale, C-A-L-E, at relevant Radio. Dot com, And you can also find me on Twitter slash X on that particular app. My handle is at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E Clark with an E. Well, speaking of social media and many other forms of media, somebody who has become incredibly uh, famous, um, some would say controversial, uh, is Dr. Jordan Peterson. And you all know him. You've at least heard about him for sure. One thing you may not know is that his wife, Tammy, is going to be coming into full communion with the Catholic Church, Lord willing, this Easter, this spring. And she is going to be my guest tomorrow on the Kale Clark Show. That's a big news I wanted to drop for you guys. I'm really excited about this. I can't wait uh, to chop it up with Tammy. I think you're going to find her to be really, really compelling, and her story to be incredibly powerful about why she is drawn to the Catholic Church. So... Again, Tammy Peterson, wife of Jordan Peterson, is going to be on the show tomorrow at the same time, same bat time, same bat channel, 5 p.m. Central, right here on Relevant Radio. So I'm excited about that. Spread the word to your friends, Uh, tell everybody on social media, and hopefully uh, you guys can tune in tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that, and I'm also excited about All Souls Day, of course. it's It's a really, really big feast day, and for a lot of people... I know I know many priests who say it's their favorite liturgical day of the year. And producer Jim and I were talking about this uh, before the show. It, what's, what's interesting is that the difference between All Saints and All Souls, of course, I, I always call All Saints Day the saint day for the rest of us, because we probably, you know, Lord willing, we'll all be saints, we'll all be in heaven together one day. But we're probably not all going to get our liturgical feast day, <laughs> because there's only so many days in the year, and uh, most of them are taken up if not all of them, by sometimes more than one saint. But um, in all likelihood, I mean, speaking for myself, I, I, I am probably going to need to go to purgatory for a little while to get cleaned up. So the saints, of course, are powerful examples for us. As Our journey, our call is also to become saints. And one of the things we've been talking about on our Faith Explained program, we're dealing with St. Paul's letter to the Romans, such a powerful letter, really the most important letter that's ever been written in the history of the planet. Uh, So join me 12.30 p.m. Central every weekday on the Faith Explained show on Realm Ready. We're talking about that right now. Grab the podcast if you missed them. We're just kind of getting rolling with it. So it's a good time to jump in on Romans. People think it's really complicated, hard to understand, but we're kind of breaking it down for you in a way that will make sense. So please check it out. But one of the things that St. Paul writes to the Romans, he does this in at least one other letter. He says, To those in Rome called to be saints and all of us are called to become saints and all saints day gives us so many good examples of that and that's why yesterday all day on the network we had great stories about great saints cardinal collins joined me yesterday to talk about saint thomas More and saint john fisher I talked about saint edmund campion on the program it was a lot of fun but when it comes to all souls it, it's a bit of a different ball game because we can actually do something for these people the saints can do a lot for us in heaven they can pray for us in heaven but when it comes to the holy souls in purgatory, they need our help. And that's really what this feast day is all about. The greatest thing we can give them, of course, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the greatest prayer of the church. And, Producer Jim, I'm going to bring you on just for a second because I, I thought it was so powerful what you shared with me. And if you, if you don't mind sharing that with the people about a time that you went to confession, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you to, 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 to say what you did. Um, of course, that would be wrong. But, I do want you to share what you told me what the priest asked you to do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, happy to Kale. Yeah. So uh, several years ago
2: it was actually all souls day and, um, I was in confession and the priest, he asked me for my penance just to pray to, uh, and for the the holy souls in purgatory who struggled with the same sins that I had confessed. And I thought it was Mm. very moving, very powerful. Um, because, goodness. We're all the same in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've tried to hold on to that and really, really follow that advice. It's it's meant a lot in my life uh, as I pray for the souls in purgatory, especially those forgotten souls who don't have anybody to pray for them.
1: Yeah, yeah that is su- such a great point. And, and yeah, so to, to pray for those loved ones who have gone before and, and those that we don't know. And people always ask the question, Hey, if the person I'm praying for is already in heaven, is my prayer going to be wasted? I, I, I have no theological backup on this. I have no biblical scripture I can quote for you on this. But I, I kind of tend to believe that God will redirect those prayers to someone in purgatory who needs them, who needs them, who has no, perhaps no one to pray for them. And I just, I just love that when you told me that, this idea that, hey, pray for those in purgatory who are struggling with the same things you are. And uh, of course, in your case, Jim, it's probably, you know, I spend too much time in prayer. Um, I, I, I wish. Love, I love too intensely. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but uh, this, because really, purgatory is, is kind of letting go. It's, it's letting go of, of all those things that kind of bind us to the earth, if you will, so we can fly to heaven. And, and we'll, we'll talk more about the biblical basis for purgatory as we, as we go along here. But this is one of the great things that we can do uh, for the holy souls. And you can call in 8888. 888- 914 Actually, let's go to the phones right now because Linda is on line one in Ramona, California. Linda, welcome to the Kale Clark Show. What's your question?
0: My question is about confession, but I hear that uh, we're going to have to be purged in purgatory. And that even after those confessions, which I understood and I would have thought, were
1: forgiven and completely gone. Yeah, that well that's 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 a, a great question, Linda. So the question is, okay, what about confession? Why if we've confessed our sins and as as scripture says, Jesus essentially is telling us, I throw them in the sea of forgetfulness. I remember them no more. Okay, if he doesn't even remember them, then why on earth do we have to spend any Quote unquote time in purgatory. And by the way, I really don't like that concept of spending time in purgatory because purgatory is not in time. It's in, and I know we talk like that colloquially. We have these things that we say in the Catholic Church that make some people scratch their heads. It's kind of just the way we talk. When we say we're praying to Saint Therese, for example, or like on All Saints Day, our favorite saint. Uh, we're not really we're not praying to her as if she's some sort of a, a of a goddess. We're we're asking her to pray for us. It's like we're praying through Saint Therese or any of the other saints. We're asking them to pray for us. So it's not really that technical in terms of our language. And the same is true for purgatory. We talk about spending how much time are you going to have to spend in purgatory? Well, probably a lot, but but it's not really any time at all because it's in eternity. So it's a different ball game altogether. And it might seem like forever as we're going through our purification, perhaps, as St. Paul explains. We'll get to that in a second. But um, the, the reason is simply this, because every time we sin, Linda, what happens is it changes us. And, and we, we are wounded after every time we commit a sin, it, it kind of wounds our heart a little bit. And although the, the eternal guilt of the sin is forgiven in confession... The problem is that we have now formed these kind of attachments to sin that kind of remain. And we, we even have this, I mean, even, even the moment after you're baptized, you still have what's called concupiscence, which is a $5 theological word, which essentially means that we're still drawn towards committing sin. And it's just, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is on planet earth in our condition at the moment. Uh, in heaven, it's not going to be a problem. In our resurrected bodies, it's not going to be a problem. But, we're still going to have to deal with these disordered attachments and, and, and what we're kind of drawn to. And it's just part of the human condition. And this is, by the way, stuff that we're going to talk about even more in our series on St. Paul's Letter to the Romans. Again, in the Faith Explained show, our sister program that I also host, this is the human condition. Paul lays it out, and it's for everybody, whether you're um, pagan, whether you're a believer. We all have to fight against this. And it's the reality of sin in the world, and this is why we need a Savior. And and he can even help to save us, in a certain sense, after we're dead. Now, I want to make one thing clear. Purgatory is not a second chance after death. This is, again, another uh, misunderstanding, misperception of Catholic teaching, this concept that purgatory is some sort of a second chance after death. It's not. It's not. Wherever you're at with God, at the moment of your death, It's fixed for all eternity. That's kind of a scary thought, but that's what makes life so dramatic. That's what makes our choices so meaningful that it really does matter. The things that we choose to believe, the things that we choose to do, the things that we left leave undone, those things are, are eternally important. As Maximus said in Gladiator, what we do in life echoes in eternity. It's true. It's absolutely true. And if you die in God's friendship, in what's called a state of grace, then you are going to heaven. You are going to heaven. Purgatory is not a second chance after death. Everybody who's in purgatory is going to heaven. It's a guarantee. Because pur- purgatory is not, a, even though it's in eternity, it's not eternal. It's not going to last forever. When Christ returns, it's, it's going to be emptied out. We, we will not need purgatory forever okay but it is a a reality until christ returns now so everybody in purgatory is going to heaven it's not a second chance after death if you die outside of god's friendship in what's called a state of mortal sin and we're going to get into what mortal sin is and why what that has to do with purgatory all that sort of stuff and and the afterlife in just a little bit i'll show you where you can find it in the bible by the way because a lot of people have have questions about this too. But one, one great analogy that I've always loved about purgatory is that purgatory is the mudroom of heaven. So everybody there is going to go to heaven, but they may, we may die in God's friendship. We may be in a state of grace. We don't have any unconfessed mortal sin on our souls, but we, we're not perfectly holy. One of the things that the letter to the Hebrews tells us is that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Can you honestly say, even if you're listening to the show right now, you you might be in a good place with God, but can you honestly say that you're perfect, that you're ready to enter the pearly gates, just as you are right now? Well, maybe some of us are. I think there are many saints among us, and uh, blessed uh, Alvaro del Portillo uh, used to, you know, people would kind of speculate, maybe he just skipped over purgatory, and he talked about that, skipping over purgatory, uh, somebody like Mother Teresa, for example, some of the greatest saints uh, of the church, um, martyrs of the faith, they don't have to go to purgatory, they go straight to heaven. Um, even if they're unbaptized, the, the baptism of blood is what... If the, if the church has always taught, if you give your life for Jesus Christ, shed your blood for Christ in the gospel, you go straight to heaven. Do not pass go. You're there. You're good. So, but But for most of us, I think we could probably if we're doing a good examination of conscience on a regular basis, if we're going to confession on a regular basis, we can, if we're honest with ourselves, we probably know what we're dealing with, what our tendencies are. And we all have them. We all have them. And it's it's, just, thank God you don't have any new ones, but try to work on this stuff. And with God's help, it's a journey keeps us humble too. But, um, yeah, so this is it. So even, even though our sins are forgiven, the eternal guilt of the sin is forgiven. Linda. We still have to deal with this, um, these, these tendencies that we have, and the propensity to commit sin again. And we will. We will. Jesus knew that. That's why he instituted the sacrament of confession. I hope we stay clear of mortal sin, for sure. I'll try to. But, but here's the deal. He set this up as a safeguard, knowing that we need it, knowing that we need it, and, and he wants us to attain this perfection. And I just want to I want to say just a word about this before we take our next call because I think it's I think it's an important distinction to make here. When Jesus said in the in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five verse forty eight, "Be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect." By the way, he wasn't just talking to his apostles, he wasn't just talking to the you know essentially the first bishops of the church as it were the first priests of the church if you will. He was talking to everybody. The whole the crowd was there on the Mount of Beatitudes, everybody from every possible walk of life that you can imagine, every age, every state of life, they were there. And he expected perfection from them too. And that means you and me. So, but what kind of perfection is he looking for? Is he looking for impeccability, this idea of sinlessness? That's, we know that's not possible. So he's not looking for perfection in terms of sinlessness, but he is saying to us, I want you to be perfect in love. And this is actually something that's attainable for us, by the way. Don't think it's impossible. This is this is the essence of the saints. Uh, this is what we celebrated yesterday on All Saints Day. The fact of the matter is simply this, that we can attain perfection in love, even though we might be struggling with whatever. So don't, don't let it uh, deter you. Don't let it get you down. I think one of the big tricks of the enemy is to discourage you. Um, especially when you look at your faults, so I was never make it. You want to just throw on the towel. Don't don't. It, it's an absolute trick. Uh, so don't, don't do that. We have many, many reasons for hope and, and God loves us very, very much. And he, and he wants us, uh, to be with him. That's for sure. Okay. We're uh, on the Kale Clark show on relevant radio. It's whole, it's all souls day, a chance to pray for the Holy souls in purgatory. They can't pray for themselves. This is really interesting because we were talking about this too before the show. Why is that? Now it's it, it's interesting that um, the saints in heaven they they don't need to pray for their own condition because they they're in heaven. They've made it. They they can pray for us that, that they that we get to where they are. And again, the the letter to the Hebrews is a great example. It talks about this great cloud of witnesses. It's almost like a stadium cheering us on. The Texas Rangers won the World Series last night. Congratulations to them. First time in their history. Big crowd on hand. It was out in Arizona. Having said that, um, they, or was it in Texas? Can you tell I didn't watch? Numbers are down. Viewership is really down for the World Series this year. But anyways, maybe that's a bad example. Having said that, um, huge crowds are cheering them on. And that's exactly what the Saints are doing for us in heaven. They're cheering us on. They want us to, to get to home plate, if you will. And by home, We mean heaven. Uh, Now, in purgatory, their life is done. They've made their choice. Okay, they're in God's friendship for sure. But they can't really merit anything for themselves at this point because life on planet Earth, this is the time. This is the time when we kind of earn our experience of eternity. So uh, this is something that we have to, this is maybe another show for another day, but our experience of the afterlife is different depending on how well we correspond to God's grace in life again maximus what we do in life echoes in eternity that is certainly true and so the closer we are to God the 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 more brightly we will shine in eternity think about our lady greater than her no one but God greater than any angel and so wow i mean just just um, looking at her and 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 how she reflects the glory of God will be amazing for us and the same is true for, for the other saints as well Varying degrees But but again, there are rewards in the afterlife And also I think there's different levels of punishment In, in hell as well Depending on um, One's guilt and This may be again, another show for another day But let's take a call real quick Can we take a call or do you got to go to break? Okay, we we'll will take a quick call right here Let's go to Mark on line 8 In Eureka, California Eureka! It's Mark How you doing Mark? <laughs> Hi kale
2: thanks uh, i I know you're short on time, so I just it, it, I was waiting on line for drew. Uh, okay. I'm glad you carried me over it proves relevant relevant radio is about the message you know the message absolutely God, and and I, I just to keep it short, maybe it's too deep for the I, I think it's deep okay mm-hmm. I think the one thing. So I have a Protestant friend who brought me back into Christianity and he said, Hmm. why does God need, you know, uh, uh, purgatory in this? And I might respond, well, why does he need a flood? Why does he need plagues? And the point is is that the one thing that unites us, because God loves us. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I think you can agree with that. He loves us. Okay. The one thing that we under, that we fail in that includes all religions and includes all, even atheists, and includes you, Cal, mm-hmm. that we underestimate his graciousness, his forgiveness. And yeah. and I just want to let you, and, you know, if you think that's applicable to purgatory, I, I want you take, to take that over.
1: So, Mark, that's a great point. I, I could tell you're getting choked up by that just contemplating the, the love of God, is, and that's that's totally understandable. And thanks for hanging in for so long. I know you're you're waiting uh, for quite a while on hold, so I appreciate you doing that, Mark. Thanks, thanks for that, and thanks for that comment. It was well worth uh, chatting about that on air because here's the problem: we, we tend to think that God is like us. <laughs> that that's that's our you know if I was God, I'd do it this way, <laughs> um, but He's different. As Scripture says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If we, if you and I were, were divine, would we have come up with the plan to send Christ to Earth and 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 die this shameful, ignominious death on the cross and His blood dripping in the sand? We wouldn't have thought of that. We would have just zapped all the evildoers. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but but you you get the point. And so we we tend to look at. Forgiveness and think, you know, how is this possible? I don't deserve this. I don't deserve the love of God. So many people walk around thinking and feeling that that way, and that's a great tragedy. Not realizing how much God truly loves us. But here's the other thing about purgatory, and I think this is totally uh, applicable to this. We need to pray that even our enemies make it to heaven. We need to pray for them. And those who have passed away, and, and I, I do think there will be surprises. There's no question about it. I think we will be really shocked when we get to heaven. Who's there, and maybe who's not there? And uh, let's pray. Uh, let's pray that we all make it there. But but I think that um, sometimes we we think that uh, other people have a covenant to them, and we, we sometimes we want God to take. We, we we want to stamp out evil in the world for sure but um this this is such a great challenge of the gospel to to see others as God sees them, even those who who have committed heinous acts of evil, we condemn the act, we condemn the activity, but we do need to pray for them, we do need to pray for repentance uh, because as long as somebody's breathing, they're not out of god's reach and and it's it is possible even at the eleventh hour, like the thief on the cross, that they can turn to christ and and many people. Have no one to pray for them in this life or in the next life. And this is why it's important to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. So thank you so much for that call, Mark, in Eureka, California. And we will be back after this quick break on The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 9149 your mind
0: off traffic, and on the more important things in life. It's Kale
1: Clark on Relevant Radio. All right, so glad to be with you here on the Kale Clark Show on All Souls Day. And hey, if you're alive, that means, well, your soul will be in existence for all eternity. But that's the animating principle, right, our soul. And if you're alive and listening to me right now, I want you to call with your question. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149, 9149 A couple callers didn't, there was one one person who was too shy, didn't want to come on the air. And uh, Miranda, who's uh, taking your calls right now, 888 9149 said that we have given her hope that one of her friends will go to heaven. I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. So what, whatever we may have been talking about, I'm glad that was encouraging to you. And yeah, continue to pray for your friend if that person is deceased. Uh, If they are in purgatory, we don't know. But uh, keep praying for them. And then somebody else was was on line five and I was just about to take the call and this person hung up. So if you're still listening, call back. We'll put you to the front of the line because the question was, uh, this person was saying, I think his name was Joe, I could be wrong, um, was saying that his daughter was asking him a lot of questions about purgatory. and One of her questions was, Will non-Catholics go to purgatory? Will non-Catholics go to purgatory? And my answer to that is, that's a really good question. I wish, I wish you, you were still on the line, but uh, maybe they had to go, who knows. But if you're still listening, uh, I would say non-Catholics will go to purgatory if they need it. <laughs> and uh, the reason is, because, listen, purgatory, it's not like purgatory only exists for Catholics, right? It either exists or it doesn't, bottom line. And there are many people who say, no, it doesn't exist. You Catholics have invented this concept. It's not real. Guess what? There is scriptural backup for this. So we'll, we'll talk about this. Um, hopefully, uh, time permitting, I've got some stuff from scripture. Uh, and just plain old common sense, I think, uh, would, would indicate that it does. But um, and, and hey, if there wasn't a purgatory, we would want there to be a purgatory. That That is for sure. It's a good thing uh, for us, for those who need it. And... At the end of the day, if anybody is in heaven, and again, purgatory is the mudroom of heaven. Everybody who's in purgatory is going to heaven, without exception. If anybody's in heaven, it's because of Jesus Christ. He is the one Savior of the world. And so the Church teaches that it is possible for non-Catholics and even non-Christians to make it to heaven. It's possible um, if they are searching for god um they 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 may not know anything about him they may uh, be in a country that's closed to catholic evangelism and they they've never heard the gospel proclaimed they might be living in the woods somewhere i have no idea there are some people living in the woods there's no question um and uh, and and they, they they may not know there are some unreached people groups in the world um brazilian rainforest it's it's People don't realize there there are people in the world still who have never heard of the gospel. And there are those who have heard it but maybe they got a bad presentation of it. They never got the full meal deal, they never got the legit gospel explained to them. But nonetheless, if they're responding to the grace that they do have, that they the truth that they do know about God. Everybody knows something about God. Again, the letter to the Romans series. This is one thing that St. Paul takes great pains to point out in chapter 1. That no one has an excuse, because everybody if you're if you're functioning somewhat reasonably and properly, you should be able to look at creation itself and say there has to be a God Th- there's beauty and design here. there must be a designer. You wouldn't look at the Mona Lisa and say that just you know some paint just coalesced uh, you know uh, on the on the uh, the canvas. Uh, a genius painted this. And some people might say, ah, I don't think Mona Lisa is that pretty. Uh, okay, that's, it's in the eye of the beholder at that point. But nonetheless, uh, St. Paul does say that no one has an excuse. The, argue, the, the argument of invincible ignorance, that I really didn't know anything about this, doesn't apply to too many people. That's essentially his argument. So we're going to talk about that in our next episode of The Faith Explained. But yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about some biblical evidence for purgatory as we go along. All right. Let's go to line number nine. Wow, lots of phone calls coming in, 888-914-9149. one four-nine one four nine. Let's go to Rose in Austin, Texas. There is a rose blooming in the heart of Texas. Hi, Rose. How you doing? Rose, are you there? Hi, Rose. Hey, how are y'all? Uh, we, we all are great. I, lo- I love the, the Texas accent. I love it. We we, you know, we get so many great phone calls from Austin, Texas. Can you believe this? And I'm sure this is going to be another good one. So
0: yes, don't but, disappoint you
1: know, me. Um, I'm on a kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll turn not to um, when one passes and the soul begins its journey. Mm-hmm. How, what is the distinction between purgatory and the eternal fires?
1: Okay, are you are are you speaking of when you speak of the eternal fires? Are you speaking of the fires of hell, for example? Yes,
0: yeah, yes,
1: yeah. yeah. So again, that's a, that's a really good question because there is, and we'll we'll talk about this. Um, there, when, when purgatory is mentioned in the Bible, and there's this particular passage in the writings of Saint Paul, in which he references fire, and there is a difference between now whether there's actual flames. Again, and this is an image. Um again it's like sort of the concept of time in purgatory there is no time but there is purification um, fire is a gr- a great image by the way and, and I'll tell you why actually I'm going to do this right now rose I just I don't want to get I don't want to forget this because it's a I think it's such a great image I was listening to Ms Joan Watson on the St Paul Center podcast day talking about purgatory and she had a great analogy now obviously the when you when you read the scriptures, there's a lot of talk, especially in the Old Testament, about God being like a refiner's fire. And, and we know that precious metals like gold are purified in the fire. And this is how they get rid of the dross. This is how they get rid of the impurities. And when, you're, when, you're, when, gold, it, when a refiner puts gold in the fire, it usually goes through this big process to refine the gold. And when you're, when you're putting gold under intense heat, the impurities will rise to the surface and this is apparently how it works the impurities will rise to the surface and then the worker the refiner can simply kind of um, move them off if you will. the image i have in my mind right now is of uh, you're at a pub you are pour you know the the bartender's pouring a pint of the finest german wheat beer into uh, a, a beer stein for you, and of course the the bubbles rise up, and then you know sometimes they take that. It almost looks like a, a like a sort of a big knife the the barber uses to to cut the hair off your neck. Sometimes a weird analogy. Anyways, you know how they they shave off the the top the foam on the top. Uh, maybe it's like that when they when they're refining gold. Why am I thinking so much about beer? Is it Friday yet? Is it Friday yet? No, it's only one more day. Okay, but having said that, um. We thank God for beer by not drinking too much of it. That's what G.K. Chesterton said. So anyway, so we're back. I'm on our huge rabbit trail. So the 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 dross, the impurities of the gold, as they're under, as it's under intense heat, it rises to the surface, and then you can schluff it off, and then you can see the purity of the gold. But here's the thing, you know, the process is done when the refiner he can see his own reflection in the gold because it's as pu- it's, it's re- as reflective as a mirror. But it is absolutely pure he can see his own reflection this is exactly what happens to the human soul this is what happens in purgatory if you will that we are purified uh, of these tendencies these these earthly attachments uh, anything that's blocking us from experiencing the fullness of love and the fullness of god's life so that we're fit to enter heaven and so the master jesus he can see his reflection in the purity of our soul. And that, that's a beautiful image because he—he he, he can. we're all supposed to be little Christ. That's what the word Christian means. It means little Christ. And, and are we truly reflecting the character of our Lord Jesus Christ? So can he see that reflection? And all the saints are kind of like that. On All Saints Day, we talked about all these different saints. They all reflect a certain virtue or a certain... Um, aspect of the character of christ the truth of the gospel maybe in a unique way but everything comes together in the god man jesus christ so he could see his reflection in us and also we can see him face to face and that's really what heaven is it's being face to face with god being in the life of the trinity in heaven with all the angels and saints wow this is what it's all about so it's a purifying fire it's a purifying fire now, that is completely different from the fires of hell, which are uh, emblematic of punishment. And, and where that image comes from, by the way, Gehenna, which is often translated as hell in the New Testament. Gehenna was an actual place um, in the Valley of Hinnom, which is also known as the Valley of Gehenna, uh, outside of the holy city in Jerusalem. I've actually been there, I actually took part in an archaeological excavation there. So I guess you could say I've been to hell and back, if you will. And so down in the valley of Hinnom, the valley of Gehenna, there are all these tombs. And, and in the Old Testament time period, in the Old Covenant time period, the reason why Jesus used this image for hell is because there was a lot of human sacrifice that happened there. And unfortunately, sometimes even God's people got way off track and they, they gave into pagan idolatry and started worshiping these demonic uh, gods of the peoples around them which are really demons in disguise in this case, Baal, and all these human sacrifices, even children were sacrificed in the fire. And and this is the image that Jesus uses. This, this fire that never went out. It was like it was a smoldering garbage dump. They would burn garbage there as well. 24-7, 365. The stench would have been unbelievable. Everybody knew what he was talking about. So that's that's an image for for hell, but hell's even worse than that. It's even worse than this image, as bad as that is. By the way, just another side note there. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, one of the things that happens when you, if you ever go to the Holy Land, they might take. It's hard to find a tour that will take you there, but if you ever go to the Valley of Gehenna, you'll see the tomb. By the way, of Caiaphas, the high priest, who you know, Pilate and Caiaphas obviously collaborated in, in the in the crucifixion of Christ. the The tomb of the of Caiaphas and his family is in the Valley of Gehenna. And it is very ornate. It is very, it's a, it's nobody had tombs like this. These guys were like upper crust, big time money. And there's, there's a little tree. There's the remnants of a little tree in front of the tomb of Caiaphas. And it is said, it is said that Judas hung himself on that very tree, in front of the tomb, the family tomb of Caiaphas, and, and he kind of did it on purpose because he's he's essentially defiling the land. He you know he's he's sort of repented. He repented in a human way, not unto God. He, if he had repented unto God as Peter did, he would have been forgiven. But he he was sorry for what he did at a human level, and he he threw the money back and 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 didn't take the the thirty pieces of silver, and then he goes out and, and hangs himself. Now, did he really do that at that actual tree? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great story, though. It makes for a great homily. But uh, anyways, I, I that, that's one of the things that you'll find in this Valley of Gehenna. But but the, these types, this is a different kind of flame. The purifying fire as opposed to the fires of punishment, if you will. Uh, so no, it's not the same thing at all. It's not the same thing at all. And, and fire is one of those images that, that can be used in a couple different ways, Rose. And I hope that helps to answer your question. Does that make sense? Your answer
0: is most most interesting.
1: Thank you. You're welcome, Rose, and thank you for calling uh, from Austin, Texas. And again, a fairly new market for us here in Relevant Radio, but uh, we we get a lot of great callers from Austin. All right. Okay, let's go to... This is an interesting call. Let's go to Jim in Marshall, Wisconsin on Line 8. Hi, Jim. Hello. Hey, I just read...
2: um, a story. Um, there was a caller mm-hmm. who had wondered if Protestants uh, go to purgatory, and I just wanted to relay this story that uh, I had just seen. Uh, there was a, a Lutheran minister mm-hmm. uh, who began encountering what he thought were demons who were actually asking for prayers, mm-hmm. yeah. and he didn't understand that. And yes. uh, eventually his mother had appeared to him who had been dead for 30 years. Wow. And, and she gave him a sense of what was going on. So I wanted to kind of relay that, that story.
1: You know, that's an interesting thing to bring up Jim, because, um, there, there's a book that's out there and I have not read this book personally. I, so, uh, I can't really comment on on the contents, but I, I have friends who've read it and they're, they're really kind of blown away by it. It's called hungry souls, hungry souls. And, uh, uh, the guy's name is Gerard. I think it's Gerard van der Leeuwen or something, a Dutch name. Um, I don't know if memory serves me correctly, but uh, maybe, I don't know, Jim, if you can Google that or something. I, um, I don't know where Patrick is right now. I don't think he's around, but our fact checker. But at any rate, Hungry Souls. And this is essentially the argument that he makes in the book that what some people experience as ghosts, quote unquote, are actually souls in purgatory that are asking for prayers. And they they're, they're kind of manifest themselves in different ways to people on earth saying, please pray for me. And they're trying to get your attention. So he's got stuff in the book, apparently, of you know handprints burned on curtains and things like that. And, and also, uh, this, is, this is kind of interesting, souls kind of manifesting as in sort of non-human form, um, like weird, like animalistic ways. And, and what that really is, is like that, that's kind of where their soul is right now. They're, they're less human and more sort of been dragged down to the level of, of a beast, if you will. But as people pray for this person, as they, as they, as they are letting go of these attachments, as they're being purified, they become more and more human uh, as these ghosts manifest. Now, again, I, I, I cannot comment on this, really. I've just heard about this, and I thought it was a really interesting concept. So uh, Now, I will say this also, and you, you know this full well, that sometimes um, not every spirit that appears is from God, and we do know this. We do know this, and uh, the devil has, has done counterfeit miracles, and you've got to be really, really careful with this stuff, not to be sort of dealt with in a trifling way, or certainly not without spiritual guidance. So that's, that's something to mention. Now, before I forget, I do, I do want to give this passage, and thank you so much for that call, Jim. I really appreciate that. 888 9149 When we talk about the biblical reality of purgatory, where, where does St. Paul mention this, this image of fire? Where does he talk about this? Well, one of the places where you can read about this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is what St. Paul says when he writes to the Christians in Corinth. He says, quote, if anyone builds, and he's talking about the foundation of Jesus Christ. So there's one foundation for, for, for everything. And it's Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation of Christ with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, the you know, think about the three little pigs, right? The work, you don't want to build with straw. The work of each one will come to the light for the day. And this is a day with a capital D. He's talking about the day of judgment. For the day will disclose it. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each one's work. If the work stands that someone built upon the foundation, that person will receive a wage. But if someone's work is burned up, that one will suffer loss. The person will be saved, but only as through fire that's from first corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 to 15 so this is obviously not the fires of hell because the person is saved in the end but saint paul says the person will be saved but as through fire so this is not uh the fires of hell here these are the purifying fires if you will of purgatory so that's the passage in question that i was trying to explain to uh, to rose who called from Austin, Texas. And if you want to call in, 888-914-9149. Got to take a quick break right now, but we'll be right back on All Souls Day on The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Stay tuned. Explaining the faith so you can explain it to others. It's The Kale Clark Show on
0: Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. 888 914 888-914-9149. Friendly voice of Miranda is standing by, and she will take your call. Got a few minutes left in the show. We had So many great calls. My, my plan for the show just kind of went off the rails. I had, I had to roll with your questions because they were so good. 888 9149 So much I wanted to talk to you guys about, but it, we'll do it next week, too. Uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, you will not want to miss my interview with Tammy Peterson, the wife of Dr. Jordan Peterson. Now, Tammy is coming into the Catholic Church. She's enrolled in RCIA, and she's going to be sharing what drew her to the church founded by Jesus Christ, the Catholic Church. It's a compelling story. You will not want to miss my talk tomorrow live with Tammy Peterson. Uh, Please pray for her. Uh, Pray for me, too. I always need your prayers. And join me tomorrow at 5 p.m. Central right here on Relevant Radio and spread the word to your friends and also one other thing i want to say speaking of friends is that you can give us the names of your friends and loved ones who have passed on we're still we, it's not too late our novena for the holy souls in purgatory we it just started today today's day one but you can still submit the names of your friends and family and anyone else you'd like us to pray for at relevantradiocom slash souls so do that uh go for it all right let's go speaking of phones let's go back to the phones Let's go to line five Vito in Parkland, Florida. Hi Vito in the Miami area. Uh, Yeah. uh, Kale, uh, many blessings
0: to you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for calling in. Yes. um, I've been listening to the show and um, uh, I hear, you know, all the stories of the purgatory and, and Mm -hmm. everyone trying to, you know, you know, to make sure we get our foot into heaven. But, I understand, I remember, and it came to um, my mind that um, God's going to, Papa God is going to make a, he's going to renew the earth. Yep. And he's going to, you know, it's going to pass away, and he's going to renew the earth. And um, since Adam and Eve, our great-grandmother and grandfather, um, was able to talk with the animals, um, I have, uh, I and, and, and you know that one animal that, Tricked them, God says. Uh, mm. um, you know, why'd you do it? And uh, evidently, there wasn't nothing written, so he probably was speechless. And he said, "Now you're gonna, now you're gonna crawl on your belly." That means he wasn't crawling on his belly before. And the same thing with you know Eve. Now you're gonna bur- bear children with birth pains, and th- and that means that she wasn't bearing them with birth pains before. And of course, man. Now you're going to sweat, you yeah.
2: know.
0: Um, so what's the question? Peter? What, what? When, I, do you think that we're, that it's, see, I have, I have come to understand that we're coming back, everyone in heaven, and we're all going to come back on the earth in the journey thereof.
1: Well, Vito, you're absolutely right. Let me let me jump in there. People people often don't think about this um, when we say the creed every time we go to mass. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's that essentially means that ultimately the afterlife involves physical reality. When God created the earth, He said it was very good. He's not going to throw it away. He's going to renew it. He's gonna He's gonna change it up. And the book of Revelation talks about this a lot, this idea of the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, it seems like heaven comes down to earth, the heavenly Jerusalem, and it'll be one. Now, how is that all going to be worked out exactly? I have no idea. Uh, please, God, I want to see it happen. Uh, but here's the deal. In the, in the resurrection life is, as one scholar calls it, life after life after death. I like that. Life after life after death. Because obviously when we die, our soul is separated from our body for a time, who knows how long. The return of Christ means that we will be resurrected. And some people will be alive and remain, as St. As Paul says, when Christ returns. They're, they're still going to be transformed, though. They have to somehow take on this, this resurrection body. And uh, how is that all going to work? We'll let God figure that out. But we do know this. There will be a new heaven, a new earth, and we will be living, experiencing eternity with God in glorified resurrection bodies. So God has a plan for, for your body for the future. So he He really does care what we do with them now. This is what Theology of the Body is all about, because this is how we live and worship God in and through the body. But really great call, Vito. Appreciate that in the Miami area. Let's go now. That would stay in uh, Miami. Actually, let's go to John in Miami. Hi, John.
2: Hey, Mr. Clark. First good of all, good
1: on. show, good topic. Thank you, sir.
2: I have a, a what may be a related topic. Okay. When King David had Bathsheba, Bathsheba's husband uh, mm-hmm. killed, if you will. Yes. Sometime after that, he has a prayer to God, and mm-hmm. he says something to the effect, and this isn't verbatim, something to the effect that I've sinned only against you. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder what, was it Uriah was her husband?
1: Yeah, Uriah.
2: Uriah, okay. I wonder what he'd have to say about that.
1: <laughs> hey, what about me? Uh, I think you did something to me too, pal. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And by the way, John, something you may be interested in, thank you for your kind words about the show, yesterday on the Faith Explained program, and you can find this on the relevant radio app or on our website, Yesterday, for, for great stories about great saints, on the Faith Explained show, I did talk about the life of King David. And I referenced this whole episode where he lusts after Bathsheba. And my my, my great joke, I don't think it's a great joke, but I always say her name was Sheba, but he saw her taking a bath, and then he started calling her Bathsheba. Oh, okay. So he sees her bathing, he lusts after her, he calls her, he abuses his power. And of course, she becomes pregnant. Only problem is, She's married, and her husband is one of David's top generals. So David tries to cover up the crime. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. It doesn't work. Uh, Long story, but you can tune into the episode, uh, and, and you know it well from the scriptures as well. It seems that Uriah is killed. The prophet Nathan calls David out on his sin, and to his credit, David repents. David does repent, and Psalm 51 is the great psalm that he writes after this, uh, it's, it's a psalm that many people pray when they go to confession. And it, it even says this in the superscript to the psalm in Psalm 51. It's a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And, and this is where he says, I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Now, why would he say that? Because he sinned also against Uriah too and, and Bathsheba as well you could say it doesn't seem to 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 make a lot of sense, but all sin ultimately is at God because when we sin against people created in the image of God, especially when we when they were killed uh, you destroy the life of someone made in the image and likeness of God you are violating the divine covenant and so. It's it's all sin hurts God and it also hurts everybody else around us as well. And when we sin, our sins are never private; they're always interpersonal because it's like a stone thrown into a lake. There's a ripple effect because we we become a part of the body of Christ that becomes weaker than it should be, and 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 we're not who we should be. And God is counting on us. And our response to his grace, because many other people are depending on this. Many other people that we come into contact, they need us to be holy so that they too can find the light. So we can only do this with God's help. And this is one of the reasons why we need to go to confession, why we need to make sure uh, that we're striving uh, for union with Christ. And so if we if we do uh, wind up uh, in purgatory, it's going to be hopefully... Our I know. And again, it's outside of time, but a short time. Let's pray for that. And let's certainly pray for all the holy souls in purgatory on this day. And hey, listen, uh, phone lines are jammed. I only have an hour. I'm so sorry I didn't get you, but please call back in the, in the next episode. Don't miss my interview with Tammy Peterson, wife of Dr. Jordan Peterson, tomorrow on the program. I'm Kale Clark. Jim Shaper produced. Patrick Alog took your phone calls along with Miranda. Take it away, Michaela.
2: Thank you for listening to my daddy.